G'day, I'm Ian Swain, the owner of Swain Destinations, a company that customises travel experiences to New Zealand, Australia, South Pacific Islands, Asia, India and Africa. And welcome to another edition of G'day with Ian Swain. Today we're going to go back in time, 125 years, to when this luxury lodge was built on the South Island of New Zealand, not far from the city of Christchurch, on a small hill sits this homestead full of secrets and hidden treasures. Its name, Odahuna, which in Maori translate to a little hill among the hills. Hall and Miles, the owners, two Americans, fell, with this, fell in love with this grand house and spent several years refurbishing it to open it as one of New Zealand's luxury lodges or New Zealand's super lodges, as I like to call them. Today, Hall is gonna take us back and tell us and show us some of the treasures that make the stay here so memorable. So Kia Ora Hall, and thanks for sharing your time with us. Kia Ora Ian, it's great to be with you. It's uh, always a treat to be back with the, uh, with the Swain Destinations team. So many thanks for the invitation. Well, I'm just down the road from your alma mater and um, I drove past there the other day and they're doing renovations at the college there. So I know it, you know where we are. So mm, absolutely. So you come and visit us quite often, which is great. And we miss those visits and the team misses being learning more about Odahuna and what's going on down there. But let's talk, talk about the history. I mentioned it's 125 years old. And the first time I went to the property was many years ago and just fell in love with it as well because it's so grand and beautiful. And so perhaps you give us your version of what you've done and what you had to do and some of the trials and tribulations of doing this. Sure, absolutely. So I guess whenever we talk about Odahuna, kind of the first thing, as you alluded to, is the history of the house. So it's built originally in 1895. It's built by Sir Heaton Rhodes as this really elaborate, extravagant wedding present for his young wife, Jessie. He's just married Jessie, and on their first wedding anniversary, he presents her with the largest house in New Zealand. And uh, it clearly did the trick. They would live in Odahuna for more than 60 years. So it was a pretty astonishing run in one house. Heaton then dies here in 1956 at the age of 95. And then Odahuna has these other kind of fascinating chapters. First in the 60s as a monastery and teaching seminary for the Christian brothers. And then in the 70s, it even becomes a hippie commune. And we have 43 people move into Odahuna plus 18 cats and dogs, so a little different than it is now. And uh, then after the hippies, Odahuna becomes a, uh, a private home for a few Canterbury families. Miles and I um, move out from the States. We were living in New York at the time um, and completely reinvented ourselves and our lives in 2006 when we bought the property. And um, per your question around kind of what we've done, I think there, there are two major things that we've really tried to focus on. One is restoring this extraordinary house, which has its own um, category one rating from the New Zealand Historic Places Trust, trying to make sure that that house feels modern and sensible in the 21st century, but also really sympathetic to what it was when it was first conceived in, uh, in the 19th century. And the second part of it is, uh, is really focused around our gardens. So we're set in 30 acres of original botanic gardens. And a big part of our project was, and continues to be, is how we restore those gardens, um, how we modernize them, how we introduce irrigation systems, and also how we make them really work for us in a commercial context and for our guests um, today. 
So when you came down, were you down in New Zealand on a holiday together or what was going on? We were. We did uh, We did the kind of typical, the uber-typical American two-week holiday in New Zealand in February of 2004 and stayed at a number of great properties that I know you all work with really closely at Swain, like Blanket Bay and Hookah and iCarts. And uh, after two weeks here, we thought, my gosh, this place is just absolutely incredible. There's just really very, very little else like New Zealand. And in such a short span of time, i.e. two weeks, we really had a sense of what made New Zealand so great, um, but also even more so that we really wanted to come back. So then in 2005, um, we did come back and for three months we drove the whole length of the country. So we got in a car at the very bottom of the South Island and drive to the North Island, to the top of the North Island over about three months, trying to figure out if we wanted to move to New Zealand and if we did move to New Zealand, where we would wind up. And we looked at everything from farms to a number of other lodge properties, um, but somehow we kept coming back to this 1895 country house um, outside of Christchurch. And I think in part because Otahuna was just so different from anything else we saw. I mean, we have these amazing super lodges in New Zealand and our guests are always going to be staying at a number of them. And we think that, that Otahuna is a fantastic complement to that circuit because of our, because of our focus on history and our, and our gardens, as well as our approach to food and wine. So we work really well and also bring in something kind of different to the offer as well. Well, I think um, the food and wine you mentioned and um, Jimmy, who I've met several times now and has been with you for many times, the executive chef is, is an amazing, amazing chef. And, and the food is just incredible. The way you, um, I, and you can tell me more about this, but you buy local produce, obviously it's all very fresh and New Zealand is known for that. But it's the way he puts things together and the flavors that he's able to, to, uh, to get. Did he have, is there any Maori influence in the cooking at all? Um, there, we, at times we'll use Maori herbs like oropito or other, or other things like that. Um, we, you know, our focus at Otahuna is really, um, wherever possible to use what comes from the land. And so here at Otahuna, we grow each season about 140 different kinds of organic fruits, nuts, vegetables, and even mushrooms. We have our own mushroom house here at the lodge as well. And uh, we really do that in accordance kind of with the organic principles that would have been in place when Heaton first built the house in the late 1800s. Um, so that's, that's quite important to us. And that really then influences what Jimmy does. Jimmy is, uh, as, you, as you said, he's an absolute rock star. He has been with us since, um, since before actually we bought Otahuna, um, which makes him the longest serving chef in the country. And uh, one of the things that's really unique about what Jimmy does is not only are we using all of the produce from the land, but we're also rearing our own sheep, chickens, and pigs as well. But Jimmy or a member of his team actually come out each evening and introduce each course so that guests really have a sense of where the dish came from, how it was prepared. And for us, it's just that kind of continual reinforcement that something that you're having and that you're experiencing at Otahuna hopefully couldn't happen anywhere else. And that it's really very much linked to where we are in, in Canterbury and on the South Island and here in New Zealand. Well, I know that all the um, people when they come back and the, re the, the references they give us over their stays at the various lodges in New Zealand, Otahuna shines out as you know probably the top as far as food and dining is is concerned, but also that goes in with the number of 
location is that you're able to have the dining experience, whether it be breakfast, you have breakfast in the kitchen, obviously, which is mm. great. Um, but then you can have lunch and dinner at so many different areas. Perhaps you can mention a couple of the favorite ones you, you like. I mean, I remember you and I sat out on the um, back patio there at one stage. Absolutely. I, we out. absolutely did have a dinner a few years back on the, uh, on the kitchen, uh, kitchen terrace there. Um, yeah. So we, at Otahuna, we have a number of different private dining locations around the lodge. Um, and it's certainly a great advisor tip is that you can pre-book those. So if you have clients that, that do want um, to reserve a special spot, then I'd certainly suggest our wine cellar, which is again, one of the original buildings and, and pretty amazing set into the, set actually into an area of the gardens just off from the kitchen. Um, but our turret area is lovely in summer out overlooking the gardens and summer also will often see guests um, down by the pool or on the front veranda and, uh, and then, of course, in winter, you want to be near one of our 16 fireplaces. And uh, so I'd probably suggest the library then for winter. That means you have 16 chimneys, doesn't it? It's a lot of chimney sweeping. Uh, I, in, the, in the spirit of full disclosure, 11 chimneys. So uh, 16 fireplaces that feed into a, a total of 11 chimneys, which still does mean still... way too much chimney sweeping. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a couple of chimneys in my house. I don't know how hard they are. So having 11 is that worse. Um, let's get on to the actual rooms and the suite call them suites you call them suites and master suites and i've seen them all and i've stayed in a few different ones uh, perhaps you can elaborate a little bit on the two master suites and some of the other suites that you have absolutely so at otahuna amongst the super large crowd in new zealand we are amongst the smallest we have only seven rooms in total two of which we characterize as master suites the other five we characterize as suites um, the principal difference between the masters and the suites is private outdoor space. So both of them have quite extensive verandas outside. The suites do not. Um, and the masters are, of course, also slightly bigger, although all of our rooms uh, tend to be quite large. I think the smallest one's around 600 square feet and go up to about 1,200 square feet. And also new and just about to be launched, in fact, I'm sitting in it right now, is a brand new suite called The Loft, which we have just been doing as part of our lockdown project here in, uh, in 2020 at The Lodge. And so we have an all new suite um, that we've commissioned up in the top of the house. Um, and it's pretty, um, it's pretty stunning. You already had one room up there, didn't you? One of the suites was up in there. Exactly, we did, and that is the that is the room that has had a, a total refurb and uh, redo. Right, it's great just sitting out in the balcony on the front the front yard, I suppose you want to say. When people drive in, you've got the beautiful round driveway coming in, and just having a glass of um, of New Zealand wine out there is just a lovely thing way to start the afternoon and before you go to dinner. <laughs> Christchurch, of course, being very close to Christchurch opens you up to a lot of areas for activities that you can go and do from and to Otahuna. Um, you know, we do a lot of, as you've mentioned before, a lot of our clients go from lodge to lodge to lodge and they come in in different experiences. What are some of the more favorite experiences that you find that people do uh, from the lodge? 
Sure, and I think one of the things that always makes working with Swain so terrific is that you guys have such a fantastic network of gods and activity providers here in New Zealand that makes it such an easy uh, an easy itinerary building process um, for your agents and and then for their for their clients, of course. Um, but at Otahuna, as as you said, Ian, we're about twenty five minutes from both the Christchurch Airport as well as the the center of town. Um, with that said, we're very much in the country so when guests are with us you won't see another house around we're very much in a rural um, valley of the port hills and probably the number one thing that our guests will do is head to Akaroa so Akaroa is a pretty extraordinary French settlement it was originally um, indeed founded by the French it's set in a volcanic crater and in that crater is a harbor of the Pacific Ocean in which live the world's rarest dolphins so we often organize trips to Akaroa. Guests can visit some really lovely gardens out there, do some hikes, um, but most often they'll head out, head out into the harbor and actually have a chance to see or even swim with these incredible dolphins. Um, so Akaroa ranks as kind of number one. The second thing that we'll often see guests doing is some version of the Transalpine, the train running across from Christchurch to the west coast. We do it a little bit differently here at Otahuna. Um, we put you on at a, at a smaller train station near to us at the lodge. You do the first two and a half hours of the trip, which is the most scenic bit. And, and then when you get into Arthur's Pass National Park, um, we have a, have a guide meet you there and then drive you back. So you get the experience of being on the train for the best, most scenic bit, but then you get driven back. You have an option to do some great hikes. We'll have packed an Otahuna picnic lunch. Um, you can visit the a film location so it just becomes a fuller more immersive day so on the first day in Akaroa you're really all about the coastline and, and heading into an extinct volcano on the other day you're heading into some of the tallest mountains anywhere in the southern hemisphere so two really different experiences um, beyond that a number of other things really based around what guests interests are several fantastic golf courses nearby um, an amazing little wine region which is the North Canterbury wine region is about 45 minutes away which which now has two two-hatted restaurants in it, um, which is great and really interesting, um, bespoke, completely non-commercial um, wine touring and, and producing some of the best Pinot Noirs in the country. Um, and then also our guests will go into Christchurch. Christchurch, as I said, is about 25 minutes away. It's a pretty interesting spot to visit because, of course, it's it's um, very much a city in recovery following the 2011 earthquakes there, and and uh, vast areas of Christchurch have now been completely rebuilt, um, and it's as a result New Zealand's most modern city. Um, but certainly, when you go in today, you'll st still see areas that are in transition, and uh, that's kind of exciting too. So you have a chance to see um, what the earthquake did and how the city's recovered, but also still what's yet to come, which makes it a a pretty interesting spot and of course in Christchurch you've got to go to something like the Botanic Gardens um, or um, or uh, you've, got your, you've got your gardens right in front we do we do so you can uh, and certainly for guests who are keen on gardens Otahuna is definitely an absolute must do and we we have amazing gardens here at Otahuna 
Um, and one of the things that we include um, with every guest's um, stay is a, is a complimentary tour of the garden. So that's always something to keep in mind. And also something that I should mention too, in terms of activities that are very popular and ties back to Jimmy, is uh, we offer cooking lessons with Jimmy. And those are pretty remarkable. You actually go into the potager garden, you select your own vegetables, uh, and then you come up to the kitchens and you get busy with Jimmy for an hour or three hours based on what you want to do. And uh, that really provides a kind of immersive overview of how we approach food and wine. We need Jimmy to come up here because I did do a cooking class with Jimmy, but it, my food doesn't taste anywhere near. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are a lot of requests to send Jimmy on the road. And, and uh, <laughs> yes. trust me, once, uh, once borders reopen, I think all of us, Jimmy included, uh, will be spreading the, uh, the Otahuna message far and wide. Yeah. The, the other thing that you can also do, which we um, have a lot of clients um, who don't travel up the eastern coast of the South Island is take a helicopter flight up to Kaikoura and do the whale watching. Amazing experience. So helicopters come and go directly from the lawns here at Otahuna. So it makes it really, really easy. And I'm a, I'm a massive fan of helicopters. They provide access to areas of New Zealand and especially the South Island, which is so remote areas that you simply can't get to otherwise. Um, but one of the best ones is, as you mentioned, Ian, is heading up, doing um, a flight over the coastline up to Kaikoura, then um, heading out, seeing some of the, the best marine life concentration anywhere in the world. And what's also nice about that trip is on your way back, you fly over the North Canterbury wine region so we can pop you into Black Estate or Pegasus Bay for a fantastic lunch. And it just becomes an all around Canterbury winner of the day. A perfect day and just have a nice dinner afterwards and, and you're set. Absolutely. So tell me when you um, first came to New Zealand and you, you mentioned it just slightly before, hmm. what, do you, what do you feel you felt in love with most about New Zealand? What, what got you, because you know, you're based in, you're living in New York, you've, you've lived in Pennsylvania, you're, I think you came from Tennessee. All right. You know, and, um, and it's just very different uh, to New Zealand. So what, what triggered that sort of emotion that made you make that decision? Yeah, I think there are a number of things. I mean, I think one, for anybody who comes to New Zealand, they're always struck by just how incredibly beautiful this place is. You know, it is, it is as we say in New Zealand, it's God's own. You know, it is an extraordinarily beautiful place and it has such incredibly different landscapes. So um, in, in parts, you know, you're, you're running around extinct volcanoes and others you're on amazing sandy beaches and others you're in, in again, some of the tallest mountains and overlooking amazing lakes in the Southern Alps. So a really incredible landscape but I think that's that's kind of the that's what everybody knows about New Zealand the 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 second thing that I think is kind of the secret around New Zealand is Kiwis you know and and, and New Zealanders are this kind of incredibly um, laid-back progressive cheerful um, can-do people and we we kept coming back here and we're really just drawn in by kind of how lovely New Zealanders are. And certainly now having run a business in New Zealand for the last 14 years, I kind of know that firsthand and that, that kind of real sense of generosity and welcome that exists here. Well, well, you loved it so much you became a Kiwi, didn't you, last year? That is year? absolutely true. Despite the, uh, despite the American accent coming out of my <laughs> mouth, I am well and truly Kiwi now. So you can't get rid of me here. <laughs> one, que one question I've been asking my friends and mates as we've been doing these podcast series is during the pandemic or during the time of COVID, 
um, there's been a lot of feel-good stories coming out of mm. local communities and things that have, people have been shining, shining above others and, and doing wonderful things. Has anything come to mind that's happened around the Otahuna community or the Christchurch community? Sure. I mean, I think, I think in answering that, you know, a part of the story that's so unique about New Zealand is, is where we stand in this pandemic. Because, of course, we went into one of the world's strictest lockdowns in March for about six weeks. And in that, in that period, we all were really confined to our houses or just the immediate area around them. And you could kind of hear the entire nation watch these daily updates that happened at one o'clock where we addressed how we were doing with COVID. And then upon leaving that, um, and, and very successfully so leaving it, we decided to reopen Otahuna as early as we could. So we reopened Otahuna normally in, in May. And for us, we had this incredible question of will New Zealanders come and stay and have dinner with us in the same way that our overseas guests have been doing for years. And that might sound that might sound kind of odd if, if you don't know New Zealand, but most of the super lodges really cater to international guests. So about 90% of our guests historically would be coming in from overseas. And um, we were we we changed our offer a wee bit when we when we reopened. So for the first time, we were providing dinner for guests who weren't necessarily staying in the lodge, which historically was only reserved for overnight guests. And uh, we were absolutely blown away. I think folks were um, so excited to get out of their house, have someone else, especially someone like Jimmy, cooking their dinner for them, um, that we were just blown away. And we we reopened in May and um, had budgeted. You know, we thought, oh, we might serve serve 80, 80 guests for the for the last two weeks of May when we reopened because we thought, well, that would be doing pretty good if we could serve 80 people. Um, we ended up serving 320 guests, um, and that's exclusive of our overnight accommodation just in those last two weeks. So I think I think what we've seen in New Zealand is this kind of incredible sense of trying to look out after each other. And also a real sense that New Zealanders, um, for the first time, uh, have no excuse not to explore their own backyard and to, uh, to get out and to see just what an amazing place we live in. And uh, now before we uh, jumped on the recorded portion of this call, I, I was talking about my time with you, Ian, on the North Island last week, which was, you know, amazing. And, and for me, even though I've been here 14 years, it sometimes kind of takes something um, that really shakes up the apple cart for you to sit there and say, wow, I'm going to actually get out and do that bucket list thing that's been on my list in New Zealand for 14 years and I actually haven't had the chance to do. Yeah, no, it has changed a lot of people's traveling plans, the same as in America. They're mm. traveling around the country here as well because they can't go to limited places. But we've got so many people calling all the time, wanting to travel to both, you know, New Zealand and Australia and our other destinations. So hopefully the borders will open up and it'll change um, and we'll get people down there as soon as we can. I noticed on your website, though, you've got some, um, I'm not going to call it a murder mystery dinner, but mm. you have different dinners like that. How are they working out? They're working really, really well. We are we're doing a whole host of special events. So one of our one of our key um, marketing strategies at the moment, if you can call it that, is trying to make sure that New Zealanders keep coming and uh, keep remaining interested in what we have to offer at Oduna. So we have uh, we've launched a series of winemakers dinners, which um, have have done really really well. We're doing we figured out somewhere a few months ago that uh, that Halloween this year falls on a Saturday, so we 
uh, partnered with New Zealand's oldest theater company, and they're going to be putting on an actual evening of theater, which is, of course, a murder mystery for Halloween. Um, and then we have a number of New Zealand, um, New Zealand, well-known New Zealanders coming and doing everything from book signings to jazz concerts to uh, to uh, even larger events, uh, garden parties, etc. on our lawn. So a whole host of things are coming um, for our New Zealand audiences until that moment, which we're really excited about when we can reopen our borders again and get everyone back from overseas and coming to stay with us again. Exactly. Well, let's hope it's sooner than later. Absolutely. But, um, well, I want to thank you for sharing your uh, stories and your time with me this afternoon. It's been great. Um, and we'll share this amongst all of our advisors and, and our, our potential clients and, and our travelers and our friends. And um, hopefully it'll stimulate some business for everybody. So thanks very much, Paul. Brilliant. Thank you, Ian. Again, always great to be, uh, to be with you and the Swain team. And here's to, uh, here's to a better 2021. Yeah, to that. Bye, mate. Cheers.